Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. My name is Jared, and joining me as always is Linda. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Borough. Uh, hi. Uh, we have got a great show. Um, I was saying I was channeling the, the audience through the high. Thank you for acknowledging me. I did. Um, <laughs> you just never said hi before, so I was like, hi, okay, hi. Hello. Um, We're very friendly here. This is a very special nighttime episode. You probably can't tell from Linda's setup there, although you kind of can. You can. The The fluorescence is yeah. different. Um, obviously, from my setup here, it is nighttime when we're recording, which normally we don't do, but busy week. Um, yeah, we were, we're have- working stiffs. Yes, we are. People have been people have been working over here. I've got um so this is my first day off. This yesterday was day seven in a row of me working. And so finally I had a day off and what do you know? I um am recording a bunch of videos and editing. Hey. I uh very special video that's coming out later next week that I filmed and edited and is already uploaded to YouTube right now, but it's not premiering until Wednesday is our Sailor Moon themed drink that we made. We made a Sailor Moon themed drink for Sailor Moon Eternal, which is um, debuting on Netflix this Friday or Thursday, I guess the the 3rd of June. And uh, we made a cocktail. We made a spiked cherry lemonade cocktail, or rather I did, came up with a recipe. I don't know. There was something in the synopsis of that movie about like, it's the setting of it's taking place during the springtime when like cherry blossoms are in like full bloom and like, I don't know, just a very colorful movie and synopsis. So I was like, yeah, let me make like a spiked cherry lemonade. Might as well. So Ooh, I made I'm a little the premiere on here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I made like a little like uh, mixed drink and then I filmed real quick. We were supposed to film before uh, Laurencia left for Colorado for her vacation, but we didn't get to it. So it was me filming and failing and filming and failing until I finally got it right on like take three, I think. Um, and then I edited and now we're doing the podcast. And we've also got our A Quiet Place 2 review coming out here in the next day or so. So uh, the Bureau Reviews is back. Just wanted to let everyone know. Um. I'm pretty excited to talk more, to actually review more horror in video form. I know it's still like Zoom, so it's it's going to feel like the podcast, but I at the same time, I don't think it is because it's going to be its own separate thing. So mm-hmm. we can really get into like some specific details and we're going to talk box office for A Quiet Place in that review. So I know it's like smashing box office records um, over the past year this weekend, but we're going to hold off on A Quiet Place 2 discussion for that um video review which you can probably find right now if not right now you can find it probably in the next day or so i'm just not sure exactly timing wise when that's going to come out but be on the lookout for it linda i don't know if it's uh public information yet but you got some pretty good news this week yeah maybe maybe If it's not public information yet, we don't have to talk about it. I did not ask. We can talk about it. I've been I've been telling people at work already. So oh, okay, perfect. Well, then the floor is yours. (laughs) So, as you guys know, for for protection privacy reasons, I won't disclose where I work. But as you guys know, since I've started uh, working on the podcast for the Borough Reviews. I've been working at a restaurant. I started working there back in like August, my first restaurant job, but I've been pretty quickly moving up. I've been kind of just trying to do tidbit and like, you know, a little bit of everything and my managers noticed and they really liked it. So one of them asked me to apply for one of our manager positions for front of house. So I'd be overlooking like the hosts and, you know, overlooking servers, making sure everything on the line is looking good. And so I decided, you know, for the hell of it, I'll go ahead and apply. Like I've only been there nine months and I haven't even tried serving or kitchen stuff yet. So I thought there was no way that I would get that job. But um, on Tuesday, I had my interview and I ended up actually getting it. So starting it starting technically tomorrow, 
but I actually got the day off tomorrow. Lucky me, because it's <laughs> Memorial Day. And I, no way I'm going in there. <laughs> so starting Tuesday, I'm going to be doing a lot of training for bartending, serving, all that stuff, so then I can become the front of house manager. I'm technically the front of house manager already, but there's a lot of training to be done. But yes, I am going to be our new manager. So I'm pretty excited about that. All week, I was so scared to tell people. So I told my closest friend at work, and he psyched me up, and I was really excited. So the next day, I was like, you know what? Let's just tell everyone. (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to be the new Minipass manager. That's so exciting. Thank you. Um, We're both managing. Yeah, we're both managers and we're both doing this podcast. Like we're we're a bunch of boss bitches. We are. We are. (laughs) Um, What that means going forward, hopefully no changes. Uh, What it might mean going forward, um, sporadic recording times. So at night, for instance, Um, because there are going to be times, I'm sure, when I'm working Sunday and when you are too. Um, That's just kind of what happens with these things. But for right now, we're still here and we're still going to release the podcast on Mondays and we're still going to talk about everything that we're going to do later in the show. We got box office projection, our new segment that we do here on the Into the Borough podcast. We also are going to talk about Escape Room. We're going to talk about Hellraiser and we're going to talk about Evil Dead, as well as what movie theaters are doing about the CDC guidelines that were just released a couple weeks ago and some local and state guidelines that have since been altered or updated um, since the start of COVID, basically, with the mask mandate. So we're going to get into all of that later. Um, But first, we're going to talk some news. We're going to go through our news bit, and then we'll be right back. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your first recording. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We use Buzzsprout and can attest that it is a cakewalk compared to some of the other hosting platforms that we've used. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So what are you waiting for? Grab your gear that you already have, and then find a quiet space to record and talk about all your favorite things. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. We can't wait to hear your passion. And now for your last week's news update. Pamela McClintock of The Hollywood Reporter writes, A Quiet Place Part 2 breaks pandemic box office curse with nearly 60 million opening. The North American box office is making major noise on Memorial Day weekend. John Krasinski's A Quiet Place Part 2 grossed $19.3 million on Friday and $14.9 million on Saturday from just under 4,000 screens. Its four-day projected weekend total is $58.5 million. That includes a three-day gross of $48.4 million. But, as always, those estimates could shift. All are the biggest domestic numbers in the pandemic era and, more significantly, are on par with the first Quiet Place, which posted a three-day debut of $50.2 million in 2018. The sequel's loud performance is a victory for Paramount and the theatrical experience and proves that the box office is righting itself after 15 months of being ravaged by the COVID-19 crisis. A Quiet Place Part 2 has the advantage of getting an exclusive theatrical release before hitting sister streaming service Paramount Plus in 45 days. Fellow Memorial Day offering Cruella is doing solid business at the domestic box office for a title that's also available at home on Disney+. Plus. Cruella, playing in just under 4,000 theaters, is projecting a four-day opening of $26.5 million, including $21.3 million for its three days. Annie Palmer, 
of CNBC writes, Amazon to buy MGM Studios for $8.45 billion. Amazon said Wednesday it will acquire MGM Studios for $8.45 billion, marking its boldest move yet in the entertainment industry and turbocharging its streaming ambitions. The deal is the second largest acquisition in Amazon's history behind the $13.7 billion purchase of Whole Foods in 2017. Amazon said it hopes to leverage MGM's storied filmmaking history and wide-ranging catalog of 4,000 films and 17,000 TV shows to help bolster Amazon Studios, its film and television division. Rebecca Rubin of Variety writes, AMC, Regal, and Cinemark will no longer require masks for vaccinated people. Movie theater chains, including AMC, Regal, Cinemark, and the Midwest Marcus Theaters Corporation will no longer require fully vaccinated guests to wear face masks. In line with CDC guidelines, masks will be optional for patrons who have been fully vaccinated and will be strongly encouraged for all others. For non-vaccinated customers, masks can be removed when eating and drinking inside the auditorium. All employees at AMC, Regal, Cinemark will still be required to sport a face mask that includes Marcus Theaters. Aaron Couch of The Hollywood Reporter writes, Evil Dead Rise, set at New Line Cinema. Forty years after filmmaker Sam Raimi unleashed the Evil Dead, New Line is unveiling Evil Dead Rise, a new installment in the cult horror franchise set to debut on HBO Max. It's unclear if the film will also get a theatrical release at this point in time. Brad Miska, a bloody disgusting, writes, Hellraiser Reimagining, Pinhead Brings Pleasure and Pain to Hulu. Hulu has solved the puzzle box according to forthcoming Hellraiser Reimagining from Spyglass Media. David Bruckner, who helmed Netflix's The Ritual as well as sections of Bloody Disgusting's horror anthologies VHS and Southbound, will be behind the project. A Hellraiser series is also in the works at HBO Max with David Gordon Green directing the pilot and several more initial episodes. It's unclear how involved Clyde Barker will be in the feature remake. And that concludes your last week's news update. If you would like to support The Borough Reviews or the Into the Borough podcast, please consider subscribing to our Patreon campaign. Our Patreon offers four distinct memberships. Candyman, a $1 a month tier to show your general support for what we do. It follows a $2 a month tier that will grant you early access to our videos before they release on YouTube. Hereditary, a $5 a month tier with exclusive podcast discussions and member-only polls so you control what content we focus on each month. And finally, Trick or Treat, a $10 a month tier where you'll get exclusive videos, behind-the-scene content, and all of the other tier perks combined. During these times, it is crucial for us to remain stable, and with your help, we can get there. Head over to patreon.com slash Reviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, Linda, we had the chance to go out to the theaters this weekend, and you know what? We saw A Quiet Place 2. And it was pretty good, but we're going to get all that in the review later on. But I do want to touch on something which is impacting the industry and impacting a lot of industries, not just the exhibition and movie industry. But basically, um, when the CDC came out with the new guidelines for people that are fully vaccinated, it got a lot of businesses excited that they could potentially read the fine line and drop their mask mandate. Um And so we saw that at the state level, we saw it at the local level, we saw it in a business setting, Um, not just one business, but most businesses now I've noticed when you walk into them, they no longer have the the tape on the floor, the stickies talking about six feet, social distancing everywhere. We no longer have mass required signs. And it got me thinking about whether or not that, you know, with everything going on still, if it was a good idea to lift some of those mandates 
But AMC, Regal, Cinemark, and Marcus all basically lifted their mask mandates. And now, if you're fully vaccinated, you can go into the movie theaters without a mask. That's not just only when you're eating and drinking. That is walking in the lobby. That is walking in the front doors. And um, yeah, you know, I don't really have too much to say on this news story other than Nebraska, there's only, in Nebraska specifically, there's only 50% of the population that's fully vaccinated. Um, people with their, at least their first dose were at 44%. I think Vermont right now is at the highest with like 60 some percent fully vaccinated. We've got a long ways to go still, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm curious to know what you think about these mass mandates lifting. Um, I did walk into the movie. I work at a movie theater. Uh, no one was wearing their mask this weekend. No one. I think oh, I saw two not. people, two Two people. Um, and coincidentally, they were both uh, with other people who weren't wearing masks, but they still were. Um, really weird so, dynamic. I mean, yeah. Um, and maybe they're not fully vexed and the other person is. But yeah, no no one's coming to the movies with a mask. And so I wanted to know your thoughts on what you thought about that. Did you go into the movies this weekend without a mask? I went to the movies and I... I think personally, if you're not fully vaccinated, it's still a good idea to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. I think so. And honestly, even if you are fully vaxxed and you feel safer wearing a mask around other people who you don't know is wearing is fully vaccinated or not. I say kudos. Just give them some respect. Let you know, it's their choice. It's their choice to wear a mask, just like it's your choice not to wear a mask right now. So, I mean, I think you know what, just as long as you're staying safe at the end of the day. So that's a no from her. (laughs) I didn't either. I didn't. I, so I, I've been bouncing around at a couple of different theaters working here and there everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I went to one of the theaters that I don't normally like go to like and work at. And I didn't, I had my mask in hand walking in because I felt so weird about not actually wearing it. That I was like, well, just in case I feel weird, I'm going to put this on. But um, I went to a 2 p.m. screening. There was, I think, maybe 10, 12 other people in there. We were all still really far apart. Um, And so, you know, I didn't feel bad at all not wearing it. But uh, again, don't shame people who want to wear it. I think oh. that's something that you just touched on, and that's really it's important. It's your business. It is. You know, it's, it's your business whether or not you want to wear a mask. I think, you know, everyone has their choice. Don't belittle people who are, you know, doing yeah. what they want to do. Um, however, I do have a I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Ooh. What? Okay. <laughs> what's your opinion on businesses that don't require masks for their guests, but do still for their employees? Well, that is something that is still required for even us at the movie theater. So everyone working is still masked up and stuff. And you know what? Honestly, I I think I think we should be not only from a PR standpoint. Obviously, you don't want to be on the receiving end of a lot of backlash as a company, as a business, for you know pulling the plug too soon on your employees not wearing masks. Look, we're in a food industry, you know, me and you both, mm-hmm. we we are dealing with a lot of food, we are dealing with a lot of cash and a lot of people. We're touching everything, which is a whole other conversation, but you know, we're touching everything, we're breathing into into the food, we're breathing into the the money. I you know, I think it's a good idea to probably still have employees wear masks for now. I know that that is coming to an end soon for most industries. So even that, I think over the next couple of months is going to start to waver out and you're going to start to see more and more businesses that aren't requiring their employees to wear a mask. And um, I I don't know. I think for right now, though, it's a good idea to probably still, if not for PR, just for health reasons. Um, Because, you know, they're coming into your place of business, your establishment. So you want to make sure that you're being as safe for them as possible. I think it makes sense. However, the AV club disagrees with us pretty violently, I think, because they put out an article 
Um, when when all of this came to light with Variety's article about Regal and AMC, mm-hmm. AV Club put out their own article and said, <laughs> this is the title of the AV Club's article, fully vaccinated people and also just liars can now go mask-free at theaters. Um, because one of the fine print um, one of the fine prints of like these new policies at these theaters is that for everyone else who's not fully vaccinated, masks are strongly encouraged. Um, or it's just like, hey, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. They don't really say anything about if you're not vaccinated. Right. So if you ask someone who doesn't have a mask, um, hey, like, are you fully vaccinated? Yeah, sure. They can lie about it. They don't have to show anything. And, you know, we get it for like, you know, you don't want to be put in a situation where you're asking someone about their health or anything like that. So it makes sense. But at the same time, there are still a lot of people that don't think that it's a good idea for chains to start dropping those things. But, you know, from a business standpoint, though, like if you don't at least loosen up on those health guidelines, um, I people probably won't come as much, uh, like for a quiet place too, in Corella, for instance, you know, a lot of people came for those movies and I don't think that if, you know, the mass requirements were still in place, a lot of people, I think it encouraged more. What I'm trying to say is I think it encouraged more people to go out of their way to go see a movie is what I'm saying. So it, it tipped the scales probably just a little bit, probably didn't have yeah. too much of an impact, but there's not too much to the story other than the fact that they're just loosening you know, restrictions both, you know, in businesses and in, and in our laws of government. So in both places, we're starting to see the chains pulled back a little bit. And so I thought it was important to talk about. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add onto the mass discussion before we move on to some horror news? Nope. I was just, I was interested in your opinion on, on my question, because I know a lot of people are very divided on it that I've heard people say that it's like not I heard some people say pretty much what you just said that it's you know it's a health thing still like we're still you know in the world of COVID so you know mm-hmm. it's better to be safe rather than sorry so I just wanted to see what you what you felt about it yeah that um that's basically it for me just the fact that yeah businesses and employees yeah keep it up for a little while longer um let the public do what they want, I guess. Um, but we need to be aware that, you know, people are going to abuse the rules a little bit, even if, even if, you know, masks are still a requirement for people that aren't fully vaccinated, you're going to have people lying about it anyway. And I think that was the point of the AV article. So it's going to happen. Oh, sorry. I just, I remember when vaccinations started coming out and they got those cards, Oh, the amount of people that started comparing it to the Star of David and the whole Holocaust thing and how they're like, they're don't even make you going. like use that card. <laughs> don't even get me going for oh, people comparing it God. to the Holocaust. People, Fucking loser. People find any reason to compare a situation to the Holocaust. It's just, I know. It's, it's like, like, what stop. the fuck? Like, calm it, the Holocaust fuck down. or the 9-11. But yeah, Holocaust <laughs> especially. People just... And it's like, hey, like, <laughs> maybe <laughs> n- let's not do that. Um, oh, my God. Ah, uh, you old people with your Holocaust jokes. <laughs> I know. Shame on them. <sighs> but you know what? We have more Evil Dead news and we have Hellraiser news. So um, let's talk about that. I want to start first with Hellraiser just because I think it's the most interesting one to me anyway it's not one that you and i talk about a whole lot like neither one of us really talk about hellraiser like ever no and i think a reason why it's more interesting is because hbo max is working on a uh, hellraiser series currently and i'm curious to know if you think that you know with rebooting um a franchise like this that is kind of like almost like it's still cultish almost in the sense that, yeah, it's not one of the, I mean, when you see like Funko pop dolls and when you see like horror collections, you see pinhead and a lot of places, right. But not many people actually have watched those movies. And so there's still a level of kind of uncertainty as far as like how an audience would respond to new Hellraiser material. So I'm curious to know if you think that going in the series direction is the right move for that franchise or do you think it would be better off doing like a soft reboot in um you know feature format 
I think you're right. Hellraiser is, it's always been depicted as kind of like a classic, like with Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. But let's all be real here. Like no one ever talks about Hellraiser. It's kind of one of those like under the radar, like everyone knows about it, but no one ever really talks about it or brings it up. I've seen most of them, but I'll admit I've never seen, I haven't seen all of them. Actually, the final girl in Hellraiser was like one of my first crushes growing up. Like I just, I, I loved her. Like, uh, I think she was the reason why I found out I was bisexual. (laughs) I don't know what it was about her, but I was like, damn, you look good in Hellraiser. That looks good. (laughs) You look good. But yeah, so plus she's like wearing like my dream 80s outfit. Okay. So, but I mean, it's a movie that I consider like, I call them metalhead horror movies where it's like Rob Zombie movies are another one that was like, oh, oh. Fucking hate Rob Zombie movies. Oh my God. Well, we're all Also, he sucks in concert. Anyway, moving on. I think I do this every time we talk about Rob Zombie. No, I've never heard. You do I don't before. like that. This guy. is like no. I don't off. like that guy. Anyway, metalhead horror. Yeah, like you, you know what I'm talking about. The one where it's like all like you know, the heavy metal, the gore, the the dark macabre look to it. You know, and I think Hellraiser is like one of like the first movies that kind of started off that stream of. I call them metalhead horror. Maybe I'm maybe I'm like starting up new trends here. Like I'm just coming up with my own hey, genre. Why not? Stuff. Right? Like, come on. <laughs> Like, let, let's get metalhead horror categorized now. And so I think just with how popular yet not popular it is, I'm, I think going the TV route is actually to be expected, I guess is what I want to say, especially with like Scream. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if soon if they came out with the Friday the 13th and a Nightmare on Elm Street one. I know that they did. TV shows kind of around them. They're trying to do... The issue is with all the lawsuits with Friday the 13th that have been happening right now over copyright and, you know, ownership. They haven't been able to flesh anything out, but for a while there was talk of a Friday the 13th um, TV show. Yeah, and I know, I think it was like the 90s, I want to say. It was called Freddy's Nightmares, and it kind of went over Freddy's origin story and like how his cases as a child murderer came to be and in Springwood and stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just did something completely new with that. I think it's just, you know, following a trend right now, how, especially with like child's play, child's play was another one I was trying to think of. I think it was definitely to be expected. It's just kind of the same thing. Like it was to be expected yet. We didn't expect it. Just like how we all know Hellraiser's a thing yet. We never talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, I'm curious to know like what they're gonna do with it. Um so apparently uh with Hellraiser, you know, Hulu's gonna be getting the reimagining um reboot of Hellraiser and then um and then the show's gonna go to HBO Max, so it's kind of torn between two different places. But I uh, I'm curious to see, you know, what they cook up because it's spyglass media. And they're the ones behind the Scream reboot. And so, you know, I'm curious if they're trying to just, you know, take all these old horror properties and kind of do something different with them, yeah. reinvent them and uh, give them to, you know, a fresh audience. Who- I'm just hoping they don't like go into any type of like origin with Pinhead. I know they tried to do that already and it wasn't great. Like they no. they completely like downgraded him. As I've only demon. seen the first one. So... I saw the god awful one where it was like uh, like some cyber world type thing. I think it was like Hellraiser Welcome to Hellworld. Oh, maybe? that's a great but, title. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, honestly if I <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm doing my best year. It's been a week since we've been <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> No, um, I'm saying on their their part, their title. That title. Oh, it's a bad it title. Oh, I was close. It was Hellraiser Hellworld, where they kind of like. That's made not a big- any better. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that one's the one where like intense gamers were playing mm-hmm. a game based off like a Hellraiser type of video game, and then they like went to some like underground party to wor- 
worship it or something. I don't know. And then they all start dying. And then after that, it kind of like went into Pinhead's like origin story. And I, that sounds was, like Halloween resurrection to me. And they pretty much did what they did with the Halloween movies. They like did all this unnecessary shit and then try to add a weird ass origin story to it too. The only problem was uh, Hellraiser didn't have the uh, dedicated fans to follow with. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a problem for them trying to do anything. Like, who knows what the viewership's going to look like. But, on the other hand, we also have Evil Dead Rise, which is the next Evil Dead um, project that is being currently worked on right now. And, um, you know, so Lee Cronin is going to be directing this one. I didn't watch The Hole in the Ground from a couple years ago. But I heard that The Hole in the Ground was a really good movie. It came out in January, I think, of 2019. And I heard a lot of good things about it, but I didn't ever actually check it out. And he is writing and directing Evil Dead Rise, which is taking the action out of the kind of campy Cabin in the Woods setting and into the city. And so we'll get kind of this different version of Evil Dead that we haven't really seen before, except maybe in Ash versus Evil Dead. And I miss that show. I absolutely just was in love with that show. And what a shame that it got canceled. But we are now getting wind of this Evil Dead Rise um, movie that's going to be set on HBO Max. Because, you know, HBO Max is going to be the home for everything, I guess, going forward. Um, yeah, I was talking to a coworker about that. A little off topic. But... We literally were like sitting there and we were we were only playing six movies for this day. And, you know, Mortal Kombat, Cruella, Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, what else? Um, obviously A Quiet Place. But then there was like two other things that we're currently playing. And half of them are on HBO Max. And it's like there's only one solely theatrical movie right now. And it's, it's A Quiet Place 2. Everything else is either on... HBO Max or it's on Disney Plus. So the fact that this is being moved to HBO Max, um, you know, HBO is a good home for film and there's a lot of like neat properties that are exclusive to like HBO and stuff that are really good. And they seem to have like a pulse on what's popular and what people want to see. So I'm hoping that, you know, Lee Cronin can really elevate the Evil Dead franchise a little bit more and give us something new and fresh to kind of chomp into and then hopefully you know hopefully it it um does well on hbo max if they're just going to put it there or you know if they're gonna release it theatrically who knows at this point but i'm curious to know like your excitement level for evil dead because i know you really loved that remake Oh my god! It's one of Lane's favorite. It's I guess I might as well. It, it's Lane's favorite horror movie. The the twenty thirteen. Mm, I 2013? think so. Yeah, yeah, twenty thirteen. Uh, we actually just watched it the other day with you guys. Know I talk about my friend Dylan on here a lot. He doesn't really watch movies or TV shows a whole lot um, that are a little bit more like mainstreamed or popular horror. So we just kind of, we just make him watch horror movies and like our favorite TV shows every time we come here, <laughs> just to, just to educate him a little bit. And we just watched the remake not too long ago and he really liked it too. It's just, it's so, so good. so gory, so cringy, but in such an exhilarating way. And honestly, I feel like with the right people attached to it, the Evil Dead plot has potential to go in a multitude of directions. It's such a broad, anything can happen plot where, like, you know, you can do anything you want with it and just make it completely different, yet the same thing, if that makes sense. <laughs> But yeah, so I I feel like as long as you've got the right people attached, it could be fantastic. So I'm not I'm actually not too worried about this one. I think I would enjoy it. Because hmm. I mean, the Evil Dead movies, like they're really not that bad. We've had how many now? Like three, four ish, and they've all been pretty solid already. So I mean, I feel like it's hard to mess up, and if you mess up, then that's completely on you. 
looking yeah. at you, director. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> Lee Well, yeah, because if he's writing and directing, I mean, it is one hundred percent on him. So, so it's this is a movie where you can have a fun time no matter what. Like they did wacky shit with it with Ash, and it was they were all still pretty good movies. So if you manage to do worse than that, then that's on you, not on Evil well, Dead. See, and that's why I'm curious because the hole in the ground, from what I remember, is a pretty serious film. Like it's pretty dramatic. So like uh, tonally, I don't know. I would imagine that they're going to go for, you know, what they've been doing, which is a good mix of like horror and comedy. Yeah. But again, with him doing something, you know, predominantly dramatic, I don't, I don't know how that's going to go. I Um, mean, I would say the 2013 remake was more serious than it was. It was a pretty serious horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, but then I mean, you got- even with the original one, like there was some silly elements to it, like with Linda with like the makeup on as a demon. Don't oh, listen. <laughs> I saw a stage production of Evil Dead, and it was like an interactive one where you know they used blood, and you had to like wear a raincoat, and you know blood came into the audience, and uh, Amazing. yeah, and you really realize how campy that first one is. But no, they purposefully made Linda's makeup just the most awful thing ever in the stage production. And it was so funny because they were just, they were paying homage. And Linda, uh, you crazy bitch. I know. <laughs> um, and so like, who knows? But I'm curious. I think the most, the most interesting aspect of this story is whether or not it's going to get a theatrical release because HBO is silent about it. New Line is silent about it, which... Back up, New Line. I'm I'm really glad that that New Line is distributing this film because um, New Line is just behind some of the most iconic like horror movies growing up. You know, you would see the New Line cinema pop up, the little logo, and you would be like, "Ooh!" Like um, I immediately scream. think of Nightmare on uh, Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, Fun wait, fact, no, Nightmare on Elm Street saved New Line c- cinema. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and then you had Mortal Kombat, iconic. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. Oh, come on, Linda. The new line logo popping up as you hear Mortal Kombat. Dun, 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 dun. It's the greatest thing ever. Anyway. Wow. Passionate tonight. That, no, this it's is what nostalgia. happens when we record at 11.30. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it, I mean, Evil Dead's popular enough to where I feel like they could get a lot out of having a theatrical release. I mean, a quite, you know, quite plays part two <laughs> <laughs> did pretty well in their theatrical release. Well, we'll get back into that. So I think that they would benefit a lot better they if would. they did a theatrical release for this one. They would. They would. They would. You, most of the time, you do, because if nothing else, at least people like. Or, oh, what's playing? Mm, Evil Dead Rise. I didn't even know that was a thing. I'll check that out. Even if they don't go to the theater right then, you're planting that seed of, hey, this is a thing that's happening rather than you just releasing it on a streaming service and everyone forgetting about it the next week. Because that's what happens. So um, with all that down and out of the way, we are going to move into our trailer reaction because I actually... I'm really excited to talk with you about this trailer because I'm so curious as to what you think about Escape Room. Um, So we are going to talk about that when we come from the break. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our website, theborreviews.com. If you like indie movies or blockbuster movies and anything in between, really, on our site, you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, and more content that covers all types of cinema. But we especially love a good horror movie here at The Burrow. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theburrowreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. As a company residing in Nebraska, we know just how hard it can be to get your message out to the world, and we're here to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll also find a list of submission guidelines on the page. And while not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, it is always worth a shot. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. All right, welcome back. 
Now, let's get into our, our discussion of Escape Room Tournament of Champions. There's a special reason each of us survived. I can't feel physical pain. Just imagine the kinds of puzzles they came up with for me. Take a picture. It will last longer. It's the clue. This looks just like the lighthouse on the postcard. Grab his hand! It's over. I'm done running. We can beat them at their own game. What makes you think they're gonna let you walk away free again? We can make it stop! We're gonna get us killed. I'm not playing your game! Not now! I don't understand. We're still on the game. Oh no, no, no. I saw this trailer both um, on my own before I went to see A Quiet Place and then after um, I went to see it, obviously, was playing during the trailers. And Escape Room Tournament of Champions, I didn't think that we needed a continuation of the story, especially after how wonky the first one ended. Um, I thought it was a really, really saw, solid, like PG thirteen, like horror film. When we saw it initially, um, it it did everything that it needed to do, and then some more. Um, and it was pretty tense, actually. And you did care about a couple of the characters, which normally you a lot of times with the PG thirteen horror movies, like I could care less about the characters, right? Like, eh, whatever. Um, and honestly, that's a problem that horror has a lot of times is really trying to like bring those characters down to earth. And I feel like escape room did that really well, but we get this new trailer. Where's the story going from here? And I got to say, I wasn't excited about it. And then I saw like the different traps and stuff they have. And I'm like, uh, okay, you got me. You got me. It was a good trailer. What do you think? Uh, I'm a little torn, to be honest. Um, like you said, the first one, besides besides the ending, yeah. like, the first one made it into our top 10 for that year. What was it, like, 2019? I don't know. COVID's messing me up on my ears. It has me, too. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was really good. And like you said, we cared about the characters. Like, the big twist of that movie was the fact that they were all connected. They all had these stories about them that really did a good job humanizing them and made them very individualistic. I think my biggest problem is that I feel like they're going to try to force that on us now because it even says like in the plot, like that was the kind of the plot twist of the first one was that they all were intertwined in some way. Yeah. And now the actual synopsis of this movie is they're all connected. We need they're to all connected. Out. So it just yeah. feels forced. And I feel like that's kind of like the hidden gem of that movie was that they were connected and they didn't know it. And we didn't even know it. And then they, mm-hmm. they found out and they're like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but this week they're, I feel like they're just trying to force it. And yeah, the traps look cool and everything, but it's like, if I want to see something with cool traps, I could just watch a saw movie. So it's like, yeah, but what besides this looks better than spiral. I, I'm going to be real. Like, <laughs> hey, it I looks like they have spiral. more traps than I spiral. I said saw. I know you did. I know you did, but I I'm just careful. saying, I'm just saying like uh, it, like, I think it's fine. You Taylor Russell's coming back. Logan Miller's coming back. And then you also have Holland Roden who I haven't seen since fucking teen wolf. And I didn't even recognize her at first. And I was like, wait, is that? And then it and then it was. And I was like, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, no, it the traps look cool. I, I'm I'm down for it. If they if they want to go in that campy direction, which it seems like they're going, they're just fully going there. This this shady corporation who's, you know, pulling all the strings behind the scenes, which I hated in the first one. Absolutely hated. But if but if knowing that before I go in now, I'm not going to be blindsided by that like twist. And so I think my mind's going to be open to it more this time. Yeah, and I think that was something that they could have saved for the sequel too, just to give you something new. Because now sure. I just I I don't know. I feel like now it's just all very 
like we're gonna assume it you know like we already know everything so now it's just like watching a movie just waiting to see if they'll actually survive it which at times like if the tension is set right it could still be a very you know a decent film but now it's like there's no real twist we already know that like there's someone behind all this that you know is just treating them like puppets and i feel like if they hadn't had that ending that they had, they could have saved that for the twist in this movie. Like, oh, there have been people behind this all along, and this is what they've been doing since, you know, they can't reuse the same twist anymore that they're all connected. I feel like that's something that they could have done just to give you something more to look forward to. That's fair. Um, Well, anyway, the first escape room had... A budget of nine million and it made 150 million at its box office run. So of course we were gonna get a sequel. It was just a matter of when. Um so Escape Room 2 is now going to be released uh July 16th of 2021. So we we're getting a lot of horror in July. Um Oof. we're actually we're getting a lot of horror now too. It's like all of the horror films that were pushed back, pushed back, pushed back are now like finally dropping everywhere and like I'm excited to see what what we've got. It's um, going to be a busy year for us. It is going to be a busy year. Um so with all that down we are going to move on to box office projection. We're going to take another break. We'll be back. I'm sure you know by now, but we have our own YouTube channel. There, we upload video reviews of the latest television shows or movies and stream gaming content weekly. We have a goal to reach 100 subscribers by the end of the year. Right now, we are about 12 subscribers away from reaching that goal. And it would mean everything to the team here to be able to accomplish this goal. Simply search the Burr Reviews in YouTube search bar to find us. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a thumbs up and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications of when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. Welcome back, everyone. Now it's time for our newest segment of the Into the Burrow podcast. It is box office projection. So first off, we want to tell you who was right and who was wrong from last week. Yeah, and let's talk about it. Let's start with that. Um, so <laughs> Quiet Place 2 came in at uh, roughly $50 million for its three-day weekend. Its hmm. four-day weekend run, it um, almost hit 60 We'll count the three days because that's the true box office for, you know, every week. So um, four days, only holidays are included with that. So Memorial Day, whatever. Uh, So 50 million, fine. Linda said 50 million. And I said 35. Oh, no way they'll make 50 million. I didn't think so. No, looking at the pre-sales, because I have insider information, so I was seeing how many... Yeah, that helped you a lot last week. It did. Um, (laughs) It did then, and now not so much. Um, So uh, I said 35, obviously I was wrong, and then Cruella came in at what, like 20? Like 23 million? Yeah, Cruella was doing really well. We had a lot of families come out to that movie this weekend. Um, But I'm curious to know what you think about The Conjuring the devil made me do it and what it's going to do at its box office this coming weekend, because this one is also streaming simultaneously on HBO max. So is it going to hurt the box office? We'll find out. I think it will. Don't get me wrong. Everyone who listens to us knows how much I love the conjuring, how much I love the Ed and Lorraine Warren based movies and Patrick Wilson. <laughs> However, The Conjuring 2 did not do that great. It didn't. It it did. Its opening weekend was the same um, it, as it, it was. Made, mm-hmm. Yeah, it made pretty much like about double. I think the first one made about 20 mil and then the second one made about, what, 40 mil? Yeah. Uh, oh, um, the opening weekend uh, for the oh, first Conjuring oh my God. was I'm forty. At the budget. Oh my God. Okay. Yep. I I can't read. He can't no. do math, <laughs> and I can't read. <laughs> That's okay. Um, Son of a bitch. Yeah, forty million for the first forty-one 
and then 40 for the second. So pretty much the same. But the second weekend um, or the second film had a higher drop on week two. It had a 40% drop on week two as compared to the first Conjuring, which only had a a 30% drop. Um, And so like when you're looking at those numbers, it's obvious that, uh, you know, the Conjuring 2 came in came in strong as well. But then with Annabelle and Annabelle creation specifically, it really kind of fizzled out and it didn't pick back up until the nun. And I think that's just because the nun is such, um, such recognition, like pop culture recognition, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone knows the nun. So, I mean, um, everyone's starting to know Annabelle a lot, you know, too. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's just the fact that like, sure. It, it matched, the box office. I I can read it now. I see I see which part I'm supposed to be looking at. But <laughs> even though it like pretty much matched it, that doesn't mean that people actually liked it. I think it was just based off the popularity from the first one that made mm-hmm. people go out and watch it. But since the Conjuring Two was mediocre, and then you had the flops like The Nun and Annabelle. I I think it'll be a good one. I think it'll be an absolutely great Conjuring film. I just don't think that other people are going to believe that. And I think they're going to, you know, think, you know, if I'm going to watch it, I might as well watch it at home instead of spending $15 on a movie. So I don't think it's going to match the 40 mil. I think it might. I'll go with about 20 to 30. So a solid number because I'm saying 25. That's about where I am for my projection. Um, that's what I had down on this sheet here too, just so you know hey. I'm not lying. Um, I do have 25 and uh, I think it's projected right now at 30 million. But like you said, with HBO Max, it's not like, it is like a community like experience, right? But it's not like Godzilla versus Kong. It's not like some of those other bigger like action, like heavy, like blockbuster features. And so I think that's where you're going to get shanked a little bit um, Mm -hmm. with it also being on HBO Max. So I'm saying 25. If you had to pick a number between 20 and 30, what would you go with? Are you you going higher or lower? (laughs) God, this is like the price is right. Over or under? I'll go with 26 mil. Oh, you're going over. (laughs) Okay. That's probably a fair bet. If anything, if, if I had to like pick another number, I would probably go a little bit higher on mine too. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think that if The Conjuring 3 wasn't also going to be premiering on HBO Max, I think it would have been a lot higher. But I think just because of how split it is between like the really good Conjuring movies and the really not good Conjuring movies, I think people are going to rather play it safe and just watch it from home with their HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And it's the safe bet too. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, not going to lie. Uh, Listen, me I too. I'm not going to help. I'm so, I'm so I work sorry, at the Benny f- I, I mean, I got a free movie today, but look, like I, I also paid $15 for concessions. So did I really get a free movie? No. Um, I just got a free studio pass. So I wasn't giving the studio any money. Ah. But uh, ah, ah, see, I did. Ah. I did well for my theater. Um. But uh, no, I think I'll watch The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It right here from my own home. Okay. And uh, and bet that we will be talking about it when it comes out, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, lastly, we just have what's new to streaming this weekend. So um, our lovely friends at LA Mag came up with a pretty great list. But um, this list is spotlighting AAPI um, people in media and, you know, just further representation for the Asian community. And so um, what we have here is Gato, The Last Stray, which is a Taiwanese action film that follows an accidental encounter between a freelance photographer and a gangster and a star-crossed romance that results from it. Um, That sounds intriguing. Uh, You also have Shadow and Bone on Netflix, which was released in April, um, the eight-episode series stars Chinese-British actress Jessie Mei Li as the protagonist, a young orphan who discovers she has a legendary power that could change her world. And then you also have Kung Fu, 
which is an adaptation of the original 1970s series that follows a young Chinese-American woman who returns home from a Chinese monastery to fight crime in her San Francisco community. The show premiered in April, and new episodes air on The CW every Wednesday on The CW app. And so, you know, I thought for a minute before we were going to record that maybe I would, you know, let people know kind of what else was out there in streaming. But, you know, I love that LA Mag did that. I really do. And so, you know, I was like, you know, no, no, we will just talk about these specific shows and these specific, you know, properties that are airing on television and on streaming services. That way we can let you know, and we can also support the Asian community with the increase of violence against them this year. And obviously gun violence is rampant right now. Um, And so, you know, it's always good to take some time to really talk about some, you know, uh, I guess, marginalized communities and communities that otherwise don't get accurate representation in media. So props to LA Mag for putting that together. And uh, yeah, that is the show today. Um, We tried to keep it as as short as possible uh, in condensed, but we always end up with the same time. I swear to God, no matter what we do. Are we still on the same time? uh, 10, hold on, 10, 15, 40, Six fifty-four. We're at fifty-four minutes right now. So that's not too bad. N- no, it's not too bad. Um, it isn't. But uh, we no fifty is good. Fifty is good. I will. I will say like I've been aiming for fifty. So if we can keep it, there you go. At fifty, you're welcome. Great. Short and concise for you all. News heavy because we're gonna start actually doing video reviews again like the one that we're about to record for A Quiet Place 2. Um, we're going to record after this, and then hopefully you'll be able to view it right when this podcast releases. Um, yeah, make sure to go follow us on all the social media channels. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We're still at 92 subscribers. We're still there. None of you... I know I know that there are people listening to this podcast. I can see the stats. And so wherever you are... Whatever you're doing, stop right now and go subscribe to our YouTube channel. It takes two seconds. Um, we want to hit that 100 before the year is up. And, uh, you know, we're inching closer and closer to being halfway through the year, just in a couple of days here. And I want to make sure that we hit that milestone. So go do that. Go follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, at the Borough Reviews or on Twitter at the at Borough Reviews. I, I still hate that. That's an actual thing. Um, but it is what it is and I can't change it. And then also, yeah. And then also, (laughs) (laughs) and then also go follow us on Twitch at, uh, twitch.tv slash the borough reviews. And you can, um, support us there as well. We're going to be streaming hopefully more this month. I don't know. Look, I don't know about streaming. I'm not a streamer. I, I go on, I play games, and sometimes, you know, people watch, but I would say that I'm definitely not a streamer. She, however, Lorencia I'm talking about, loves to stream, and she loves interacting, and so um, it will probably be a mix of me and her, and then possibly Nick. Nick might also be streaming some too, so we've got a pretty good staff. We've got a bunch of different personalities, a bunch of different interests, and that is the main reason. That is the main draw for the Borough Reviews. It's, um, you know, diversity, not only in, not only in, you know, gender, but also in sexuality and, you know, um, basically everything else that you can think of. There are so many different opinions on pretty much everything here at the Borough. So it's just another reason for you to go subscribe to YouTube. See what I did there? All the way oh, back. Oh, wow. Full 360. <laughs> and I mean, oh, hey, if you want to see our lovely faces, if you want to watch videos, but you can't necessarily get yourself to pay for our Patreon, which, first of all, why wouldn't you? It's a really great investment. But if you just can't, we do YouTube videos. You don't have to, sub- you don't have to pay anything to watch our YouTube videos. Very true. Super cheap. And you get to see these lovely faces. Mm-hmm. So, and then if you want to see more of our lovely faces, like she mentioned, patreon.com slash the borough reviews. And uh, you, know, you get a video you version of the podcast. Isn't that fun? You get to see it's all so these colorful fun. lights in my room. You get to see me munching on some bunions. <laughs> 
yeah, you get to see so much exclusive content on Patreon. It's kind of ridiculous. I just put exactly. up a blooper reel. Did you did you check out the blooper reel? You put up a blooper reel? Yeah, go go check out the blooper reel. I'm gonna go uh, check out get the a minute. blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hilarious, actually. It's really well edited. Um, just saying. Uh, my editing skills are getting better. I'm really crafting them. Um, but yeah, that is it for this version of the podcast, this version, this episode of the podcast. Thank you all for listening. And um, thank you so much for tuning in and just sticking with us every week. Uh, I know a few of you are really, really adamant about making sure that you're listening to new episodes. So thank you so much. We like to keep you updated on news. But with all that down and out of the way, that is a wrap on this episode of the Into the Bro podcast. So we will see you next time. Bye.